Well, our moms think we're funny. So you've got the uh, you got the episode pulled up, right? I mean, the uh, trailer pulled up. The trailer, yeah. So, um, by way of quick introduction, hey everyone, I'm a Comey. Hey everybody, this is oh Clark- shit, what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Turk182. Um, so in case in case you couldn't tell from that awesome exchange, we're uh, we're recording remotely. Um, I, I'm snowed in. Okomi is snowed in. It sucks. And I am McAfee. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought we were like people that were on the run from the government. That, that we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, you know we. <laughs> We, we we do a little conspiracies on this channel. Um, <laughs> uh, Herbie, yeah, Herbie um, Villachez did not kill himself. That's a little conspiracy. None, none of the people in, involved in all that stuff killed themselves. <laughs> no, Herbie Villachez was uh, was tattooed from Fancy Island. Oh yeah, <laughs> see, it's a, that's a little conspiracy. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I'll get up to speed here in a minute. It always takes me a minute when we're recording remotely. Drink more scotch. Um, but yeah, it just occurred to me. Um, so Turk and I were talking off mic uh, about the, the trailer for The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent starring Nicolas Cage. And he was like, you haven't seen the trailer? I was like, I'm pretty sure I haven't. And uh, I just pulled it up here on on my YouTubes here. And I actually watched it a month ago, I think. <laughs> It looks so awesome, doesn't it? Let me let me rewatch it here, so anybody who wants can join right along with me. I'm just gonna watch it fresh here. I've got my second pair of headphones on because, like, it vaguely rings a bell, but I've I've got it playing now. I'm sorry. All I think I can think of is is that you probably look like one of those guys got like a pair of headphones around his neck, and then like one actually over his ears. But like, wait, what? <laughs> I've actually got earbuds and over-the-ear headphones. So, it reminds me of that scene from the first Fantastic Four movie, the one with Chris Evans, where oh yeah, they uh, when the Human Torch uh, goes and shows off at the uh, the BMX competition or, or the motocross competition, and they get into the argument outside, and there's all the cr- whole crowds gather around watching them. And there's a black guy, and he's got his phone to his ear, but in his other ear, he's got a Bluetooth headset. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> is that um is that what's his face the guy who plays barney stinson it, it looks like it who's barney stinson it is okay you know me and my celebrity facial blindness who's barney stinson oh he's uh he's the suit and tie guy from how i met your mother oh uh 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 neil patrick harris yeah neil patrick harris oh, that was him yeah yeah Okay. I love MPH. He's pretty awesome. Yes, he is. Yeah, this this does look spectacular. I don't remember watching this trailer, so I must have clicked it in a fugue state or something. But uh, ah, so you so this is your first time watching it? Yeah. As I talk all through it. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, this, it looks like they just were making this movie and they were like, what would a Comey like best? 
it's great, man. Like I love this whole like Nick Cage playing Nick Cage but not playing Nick Cage. Like <laughs> Dude, Yeah, that that looks absolutely incredible. I couldn't be happier about that. Oh yeah, I, I really want to see that. that. That looks amazing. Yeah, that, that's one I may have to try to catch in theaters. Looks beautiful. Is, is it, it hasn't actually released yet, has it? I don't think so. It doesn't look like it. No, 2022. Okay, so yeah, it's supposed to come out April of 2022. So, okay. That's like three months. Yeah, I can't wait. That's going to be awesome. Going to be awesome. So, uh, so yes. Um, hey, everyone. I'm Akomi. That was that was us watching the trailer for the unbearable weight of massive talent. Oh yeah, which, I never uh, actually got a chance to like introduce myself because you were like, "Holy yeah. shit!" And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. My name is Turk One Eight Two. Yeah, so, you know, we, we haven't done remote recording like this since the beginning of the pandemic, so it's a, a wee bit of a bummer, but, uh, you know, I, I fucking hate winter. That's all I can say. Um, I I like, I mean, I like winter. Um, I like the snow and stuff. I mean, but I will have to say that right now um, it's, uh, it's been a bit of a nut punch. Because it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's screwing, it's like, we're used to kind of having some winters before, uh, and it's like, okay, yeah, we get a little bit of snow or whatever, and then like, you know, bing, bang, boom is done. But this mm-hmm. is not quite like that. Um, and I think that's, that's what's caused me the problems that it's, it's being more, uh, of an interference than normally it is. Mm-hmm. Usually it's just like a nice novelty. And then this time it's like, oh, okay. Now you really like, screwing things over yeah yeah well that's because like for the past like three four winters it's been that it'll snow like once maybe twice so we're looking at like very little inconvenience it's like we've you know we've got maybe four days out of the entire season where we actually have to deal with it actually being winter and now it's just been constant and i hate it and you know the thing is because of because you live in a higher ele- uh, higher elevation than I do, so you actually have mm-hmm. like snow right now. I have a nice powdering um, that is nothing. So it's oh man. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of funny that we uh, that we we uh, you're 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 snowed in and I got absolutely nothing going on. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I am, like, right on a mountain, so, like, any time it even thinks about getting snowy, it's just, well, we're, we're done for days. I'm just going to apologize in advance for any dog barking people here. That's, like, a big reason why we record on site at Turk's place, because <laughs> there's not dogs at his place, so I'll just, uh, I'll put that disclaimer there, because there's no way I can edit all that out. <laughs> yeah, um... Yeah, one of your solos. I was like, the solo play is going good, and then you get right to this one part, and all of a sudden, and I was like, ah, oh. yeah. But I mean, that's to be expected. And well, I think you know, it, it could be, it could be worse, right? 
Well, I was going to say, I think with us, you know, the way we lay out, lay out our, our podcast and our episodes and the way we present ourselves, you know, we could be, I don't say a lot more professional, but we could be a lot more polished than we are. But we, we choose to, to be, I guess I want, I want to consider us a more readily accessible like podcasts and don't try to pass ourselves off as being, you know, something that we're not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and I'm, I'm not going to say that we, that we present ourselves as like, we're the, anybody can do a podcast, you know, like the, uh, like the radio head song, like anybody can play guitar. It's like, we're, it, <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it takes a lot. Uh, it, I, uh, it takes a lot of, you know, Knowing your co-host, you know, having decent topics, being able to, you know, find something that you can just kind of really talk about and banter well and all that kind of stuff. And it's, oh yeah, I'm always surprised when I look on uh, Reddit because uh, I kind of the I have the uh, subreddit for a podcast, and I'm looking out there and people will actually have, uh, you know, they'll have posts or like looking for a co-host for this show. I'm like, uh, I'm not going to say you can't find one. And I'm not going to act like I'm the be all end all podcasting, but it, it's, I don't, I don't think it's that easy to just like, oh, you'd make a good host. I'm like, you have to have chemistry. You have to have like a really good dynamic. You just can't be like, yeah, I'd like to do that. And like, okay, great. Let's go. But like, mm, no, it doesn't, it yeah, doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the thing. Like when we decided to start, um, doing the YouTube channel and when we decided to start the Let's Play thing, it's because we just spent like 45 minutes riffing off of each other and springboarding off of each other's jokes. And that's what led into the conversation was being like, hey, I've, I've been doing this Let's Play thing. You should get in on that because we play off of each other so well. Yeah. And, and I can't imagine just jumping in blind with somebody who I don't even know. Oh, yeah. I And uh, I... I say I because I would I was thinking about doing a let's play, but I had no idea like how to even get started. And you're like, "Oh, I've already been doing it." And I was like, "Oh, really?" And I was like, "Could you use a co-host?" Uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you, you know, when it comes to this, kind of goes back to you know what we we're just saying about you know, just you know you have to have the right everything for something to work. But um, you know that uh, the whole story with uh, with uh, Strongfeet and I when we were in San Diego mm-hmm. and just listening to him just go on and on and on about the, the about the guys that the cut in front of him, but the, uh, the South park guys and his, him and his all like <laughs> ninja kicked to the back of the skull, like, and him just going on and on with that. It, that was, that was hilarious. And oh, yeah. it's like, but, but he had that, he has that kind of that, uh, I don't even want to say. I want to say like quick whip. He's got that that energy and that yeah. kind of like unique type of humor to where it's you know he can really just just find something just kind of just go off on. So yeah, yeah, energy is the exact word I was about to use. Like <laughs> he he is he is a creative hurricane. I don't know how he does it. Oh yeah, God. I mean, he is, he is probably one of the, the hardest working, uh, like, uh, I don't want to call him semi-pro, but he's got to be one of the hardest working, uh, uh, 
independent, creators. Independent creators, I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely, and like we we don't get to talk to him nearly as much since he uh, since he moved out of state. But yeah, like every once in a while we'll hear from him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm working on this," and then just like boom, he drops like three more comics in a in a feature length film. It's like, dude, stop, calm down. Yeah, you're like, making the rest of us look like lazy fucks. Like, aren't aren't you like a full time stay at home dad? I mean, like, what? <laughs> when when do you have time to do this? I I don't I don't have any of that stuff, and I can't find time to do that. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, shit, man. I mean, I haven't even eaten yet today, so I mean, I can't imagine if I had to take care of somebody. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm barely functional as a human being. <laughs> I would appreciate you not making me feel any worse about myself. <laughs> uh so uh. Now that we've kind of gone through all that, what is our topic for today? Because I noticed a couple of things that have you kind of heated up. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I've I've got my little notepad of things that got me hot under the collar. But uh, you know, I've been been talking with uh, with some of my D and D people, and I, I kind of filled you in with like the Cliff Notes version. Uh, be before we uh, got the mics hot, but. I want to talk about stereotypes in fantasy, and that's probably not the right word for it, but that's the only thing I can really think of to call it. Uh, cultural bias? Uh, maybe? Maybe. Um, so, for anybody who's actually, like, keeping on top of of the RPG community, who's, like, following Wizards of the Coast, um, Wizards has announced that they're releasing... Uh, Dungeons and Dragons Sixth Edition, and it's like, hey, that's that's cool, and that's coming out in 2024. And then they're like, oh, we're basically throwing out all of the lore. So now, you know, it's it's not like, oh, if you want to play a strong character, you should play a half orc or an orc or something like that or a minotaur. It's just like, oh no, you just get pluses to whatever. So now it's like, oh, I can play a gnome that's stronger than your orc because, you know, that makes sense. And um. I was I was okay with that from a gameplay perspective because floating pluses does make it easier to build a character. So like yeah, if, if you want to go lazy and just treat it more like a board game than an actual role playing game, sure, whatever. You so do you. For people that aren't, aren't uh, as knowledgeable about role playing, explain what floating pluses are. I mean, okay, I know so... I know what they are, but you know, some other people <laughs> might might not know. So, uh, traditionally in role-playing games, a character would get racial pluses to their stats. So, like, an elf gets bonuses to charisma and wisdom, for instance. Um, a human can put those pluses wherever because humans are adaptable. Uh, halflings have, like, uh, I want to say dexterity and charisma. It depends on the sub-race of halflings. Drops uh, really good yes, at basketball. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you... <laughs> Sorry, you, you get it, you get it. Um, <laughs> uh, dwarves are like con and wisdom. I want to say um, uh, there, there are those wonderful dogs again. Uh, but yeah, so like it's it's just been a thing since like 1977. You know, we may want to pause a bit till these guys calm down. It's... Okay, I actually, I can't hear them, uh, but I know your mic's gonna be picking them up. Oh yeah, my mic will definitely pick them up. No, no, they seem to be. They seem to be keeping it in their pants, okay. Um, but yeah, so, like, it's it's just been a thing since, like, the first edition of D&D that, like, the the type of creature that you play has a bearing on your stats. So, 
Um, so floating pluses is a new thing the Wizards is bringing into it, where it's like, whereas typically a half-orc would get, like, plus two to strength, plus one to con, or something like that. Now, I'm sure I'm getting this completely wrong. I don't have, like, the player's handbook memorized. But, uh... Now it's like, oh, you can put that plus two and plus one wherever. So if you want a super smart half-orc who's like plus two to intelligence, plus one to wisdom, you go right ahead. And, you know, I, I wasn't crazy bothered by that, which I, I think I explained when we started talking about it. Right. It's like, you know, that that can make character building a little bit easier. Maybe I want the racial features that a certain type of character has like I, I may want like the jumping ability of a heron gone but i want the mental stats of something else but um but what? then what threw me off and what kind of pissed me off about this big announcement they were making was that they were like oh yeah we're just kind of throwing out all the background stuff all the lore so now it's like Orcs and half-orcs and goblins don't have a proclivity towards evil. Drow don't have a proclivity towards being traitors or whatever. It's just like, any any character can basically fit into any niche. And that didn't so much bother me as a role player or as a D&D enthusiast as it bothered me as like a storyteller and a writer. So I figured we could kind of piss and moan about that a little bit. So, okay. Uh, so uh, I want to go back and kind of talk about this whole they're getting rid of the lore because mm -hmm. for for our non-gamers and, and i'm not gonna write you know write myself off as like a full-time gamer uh, uh because i'm not but for our non-gamers just to kind of you know go through is it when when D, D first came out and and it was uh it was kind of kind of stated that oh hey you know this is uh this is the world it's a fantasy world the fantasy world is filled with you know fantasy creatures you don't just put a you don't just put fantasy creatures into into a world and be like okay now go like no they I mean it's just like any other world if you live in this part of the world right then your whole dynamic is different everything about you and how you live is different because it's based upon that region and there are certain things that don't exist in that region. Now it's, uh, it's kind of like, um, well, the, uh, was it? I'm probably getting this all wrong, but wasn't like the Chinese that first, um, developed like ink or something like that, uh, for like writing, uh, um, maybe that sounds and, right, but I'm saying, so, so, you, but you've got so okay. Let's let's just, just take it in a different direction. When the the first uh, civilization that discovered gunpowder, mm -hmm. and then everyone else was still like you know fighting with like spears and bows and stuff, you know, and um, and and like at the time, like the bow and arrow was a big deal until the musket came about. Right. Right. And when you have these people that have that technology, uh, and these others don't, then, it, then they're kind of looked down upon because, like, well, I'm smarter than you because I've, you know, I've created this, so that's some that puts me ahead of you. But also because I have that and you don't, everything around me is different. It may be a little bit more advanced, or it may be a little bit more aggressive and destructive, because mm -hmm. we've got something that allows us to. In this case, escalate you know the uh, escalate the uh, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
the the field of war, let's say, where right, right. you don't. So everything about what we do and how we do it is going to be, you know, vastly different. So that means our culture is going to be different. Mm-hmm. If you take that away by saying there's no lore, then you put, you make everything the same. There is no difference. So if I'm on one side, of the, if I'm on the complete opposite side of that fantasy world, those people live and behave the same way as they do on the other side. That makes no sense. Right, right. I mean, yeah, been, yeah, it's so frustrating. Because, <laughs> I mean, you're basically saying that, that people who live in Alaska, right, are going to behave the exact same way as people who do in Australia, even though Australia mm-hmm. doesn't have 30 days of night. Right, right, exactly. And, like, to, to take it back to, like, your historical context with the creation of the gun, it's like, that's so much of what the samurai were about. Like, bringing guns into Japan was such a devastating thing historically because, like, for the samurai, their sword was their soul. That's what it was all about. And, like, it was it was a status symbol. Peasants couldn't carry swords. Most other classes couldn't carry swords. But if you were a samurai, you could carry that sword. You could display your soul to the public. And then... Basically, we had a whole lot of reenactments of that scene from Indiana Jones where it's like, I pull out my sword, I shoot you, you're dead, to where it just all became null and void. That's a big reason why Japan was affected culturally the way it was, and that's a big reason why Japan had the impacts that it had during World War II, because it was like, oh shit, we've spent the past, you know, six, seven hundred years developing this social class centered around the blade and now it's completely irrelevant right it's like the the guns have made that a complete why bother factor yeah and and, you know you take a look at something like you know just kind of piggybacking off of that you take a look at something like that where it's um you know for you to be like a samurai for you to wield a sword you know you 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 were a master you knew the sword you knew the blade you knew how it worked you knew how to carry it and like you said not everybody could do it but the ones that could the the ones that were that were chosen the the special few you know there was there was they were there was something more about them I, I don't really want to say majestic but they were you know they were they were they were above ordinary people because they are Everything about them had been set up to be that we are uh, the elite in a sense. Mm-hmm. But when I don't have to train to use a gun, and I can I can pick up a gun and like you know play around with it for a little while and be just as good as this other guy here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't need your years of sword training and stuff like that and learning how to honor, respect it and blah, 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 blah. Not only that, but by little like five second gun tutorial, right, beats your sword tutorial like every day of the week. Yeah, your your 10 years of sword training. I mean, that that's the thing. Like anybody can get lucky with a gun. I, I feel like, you know, it's like B- Billy the Kid was shot in the back. Mm-hmm. By by some nobody, and like, you know, you you look at the life of somebody like Miyamoto Musashi, where it's like he fought in over a hundred duels and he died of old age. It's just a completely different dynamic. Nobody's going to get lucky against somebody who just like eats, breathes, eats, sleeps, breathes, and lives that type of thing. 
Yeah, Whereas like, with a gun, it's like, oh, I'm I'm 20 feet away, and he's he's got it back to me. This is my chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like I always say, and this is uh, I know some people are gonna have a are really gonna uh, not like what I have to say. It doesn't make it doesn't mean it's not true, and I'm sure I could put it a lot more delicately, but I won't. Um, again, because what I, I say this all the time. Because it's such a it's such a hard true statement, which is you know it's people that go to the shooting range uh, all the time. They go to shoot their guns all the time, and they're like, you know, well, why? Well, I'm going to practice, so I know you know how to defend myself, how to shoot my gun in the case of an emergency. I'm like, it's mm-hmm. a gun. I mean, yes, you could get better at it, but it's a gun. You point, you pull the trigger, and bang. I mean, I mean, I know five year olds have killed people with guns. It's not that hard. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so the fact that you go all the time and like is like just in case, and then like you know, here here's like a you know like a damn toddler that's killed more people than you without any training at all. They've never been to the gun range. <laughs> kind of puts everything that you do like to shame, doesn't it? Now, again, that's a very right? very bleak you know view of it, but it's nonetheless the whole point of the gun is that. You know, to make it so easy, you know, that yeah, they, they you know it takes away every, all everything that the that the samurai and all that were, were kind of built on. So taking that to like the D and D, if you get rid of the lore and you change everything around, then you're making everybody equal. And part of that mm-hmm. is also when you're doing something like that, especially when you're talking about a class situation or you're talking about a regional thing, where these people get these kind of bonuses. And they get these uh, these advantages because I'm from this region and this region here yeah. we honor this. So it's not just I like it's not that I just have a sword because you know almost everybody in D and D unless you're like a like a mage or something like that carries a carries a some kind of uh, of a handheld weapon. Mm-hmm. Yep. That doesn't mean you're all equal. I mean, you don't put a you don't put like a just a regular straight fighter, you know, in the same class as like a I don't know a paladin, let's say. Right, you know, right. You don't. They're they're completely different. Yes, they both carry swords, but that doesn't mean that they're the same. Yeah, they they have completely different focuses in the way that they do their weapon, and that's why some classes are like dexterity focused versus strength focused or whatever. So. But when you remove the lore, you remove all of that. So now everybody that carries a, a weapon are pretty much equally skilled if they want to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like even looking at something like kobolds or something. Like a kobold is not a hobbit. Kobolds are are weird, stupid little cunning creatures who are pathetic as all hell, but they're good at building traps and they're good at basically outbreeding their predators. That's the only reason that they're still alive. But it's like, well, let's let's throw all that out and just say that uh, this this kobold has the same stats as an elf. It's just it's so frustrating to me. Like like I said, as a world builder, as somebody who's made a lot of worlds for comics and stuff, it's so frustrating for me. And um, I know I told you when I started reading the books that I was like going through R.A. Salvatore's Drizzt books, which are all about the drow. And that's a big reason why I'm so passionate about Wizards of the Coast's depiction of Drow. Because um, I-, I looked it up earlier today. There are 37 books about Drizzt, 
which is basically to say that there are almost 40 books explaining that the drow worship an evil satanic spider god and their whole culture centers around betraying the people closest to you. Like, uh, like if, if you betray somebody, you don't get punished because you betrayed somebody. You get punished because you were so stupid that you got caught. It's that kind of thing. Right. Like, if, if you, if you fuck over somebody super badly and just kill their entire family and you get away with it, that makes you that much cooler in the eyes of Loth the Spider God because you got away with it. Like, almost 40 books this man has been working on since 1988 to establish this is drow culture and Wizards is willing to go, yeah, but what if, what if that's not the case? <laughs> So, it's like that that's so stupid to me. Yeah, does Wizard still put out modules? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like they they just released um Into the Wildemount um like 2 months ago and that's what um established the Herringon and the Pixie as an official race. Um so, so how, yeah, like they're they're still actively publishing stuff. How do you put out modules when you take away all the lore? Uh, because they keep releasing what's called errata, but, um, like, I mean, they'll, they'll basically just have little, like, mini booklets or mini PDFs or whatever saying, okay, well, we would like to amend, like, page 30 of, of, like, Voldemort's guide to, to cucking or whatever. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, how do you, how do you create a module? So if, if, if I'm, if I'm looking at, at, a, at a module, um, and, and I'm going into okay. Let's take Ravenloft, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm going into into Ravenloft. Well, there's a whole lore about the people of Ravenloft and uh, uh, Vlad Testes or whatever his name is, right? Um, <laughs> like, but but now that doesn't exist anymore. I mean, sure you can have you can have the spooky land of of Ravenloft, but everything else that that comes from it like the people that live there are like yeah we live here in a spooky ass place and then you got the gypsies and all that kind of stuff there well all that stuff about what makes them special and unique and when you say well i want to be at this race because they're more attuned to x or y all that's gone so now ravenloft is just you know a an old-fashioned like haunted house like carnival yeah, haunted house it's like a it's like a why bother thing Right. Now, as far as as far as I know, they would probably still keep the history of Ravenloft. It seems like most of what they're changing is like racial based stuff. But um, but I mean, I at think, least that's that's what I've seen so far. But doesn't doesn't that also kind of go into like the 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 land itself? I mean, yes, I, I changed the land, but the the people of that race are what made that land, or vice versa. The people uh, that land is what made the people of that race. So if I abandon that then like i'm i'm the 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 land itself is not is not special i i would argue that that's what fantasy itself as a genre hinges on and i could be completely wrong about that but like i i look at a story like lord of the rings and what makes lord of the rings so incredible is that it is about these creatures being the very, very few in history who have broken what is an established fact about their race. So, like, you look at Frodo and Sam and Merry and Pippin. Mm-hmm. Halflings are not adventurers by nature. 
They're not. They're they're barefoot, food-loving hippies who sleep 16 hours a day. That's what is the given consensus of what a hobbit is. And if you read, if you read The Hobbit, the book, that's the first thing Tolkien says. He says, oh, what's a hobbit? They're these guys. They're these fat, portly little farmers who don't do anything more strenuous, strenuous than growing spices. So that, that's what makes their adventures so fascinating, is that hobbits aren't supposed to do this. They're doing what maybe one or two other hobbits in all of history have done. It wasn't wasn't uh, Bilbo like the first Hobbit to ever leave the Shire? Uh, he was the first in like two generations. He because his grandfather was a Bullroarer took, and he invented the game of golf by knocking the head off the Goblin King and knocked his head into a rabbit hole. So like yeah, in like two generations, he was the first to actually set foot out of the Shire. And how? And long then he was the only one of that entire generation. And how long do Hobbits live? Um, they're fairly long-lived. I think they typically live to be around 110. That's why it was such a big deal when Bilbo turned 111. So, so when you're saying two generations, you know, you're talking about a pretty long time. Oh, yeah. They don't usually have kids until they're somewhere between, like, 30 and 60. So, yeah, like, I mean, that that's a pretty extensive amount of time. So, so that that's... That's a part of who they are. And, mm-hmm. and you know, if Wizards of the Coast had their way, then they're like, oh, boy, no, 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 no. That's, we're going to abandon all that. You know, they can kind of come and go as they please. Yeah, yeah. That's what frustrated me about it. And I, and I know, like, Lord of the Rings is a completely different set of lore than D&D. But, like, I got into fantasy through Lord of the Rings. That's, that's what turned me on to fantasy. So I'm pretty passionate about the lore of Lord of the Rings. And if you change it from, like, Bilbo and Frodo were exceptional because they were, like, the only guys of their generation to do what they did, to just changing it to, like, oh, well, you know, any hobbit port in a storm will do, then that just completely invalidates the whole point of those characters. Like, why write about individuals if any old hobbit could do it? It just, it pisses me off. Right. And, like, it's it's every character. Every important character in Lord of the Rings is a character who was like, our race has done this for centuries or millennia, and I'm going to be the first guy to do different. So, like, you look at Legolas and Gimli. It's an established thing. It's just a given part of their race that elves and dwarves don't get along. Elves right. hate dwarves because dwarves are gruff, scrubby, like coal miners and dwarves hate elves because they're hoity-toity foppish dandies that's that's the given lore and so when you look at legolas and gimli becoming friends that's incredible based off of the history that tolkien wrote it's like the fact that these two would ever dare to become friends works against so much of both of their cultures that it's like wow that's a hell of a friendship right there yeah that's like getting into like some doc holiday level stuff of like wow Right. These guys are incredible to be willing to extend that much of themselves for their friend. And when you get out of the movies and into the books, like, Gimli actually gets three strands of hair from the Lady Galadriel. That's nowhere in the movies. But, like, Galadriel is essentially, like, what would be the Catholic equivalent of an archangel. She is, like, the Lady of the Woods. She's right on par with Gandalf. Isn't, uh... Isn't Galadriel uh, Hela? Um, probably. 
Kate Blanchett, didn't she play Galadriel? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that's what you meant. Yeah, I was I was trying to think of it from like Tolkien's writing. From Tolkien's writing, she's basically like a depiction of the Virgin Mary because right. he was Catholic. But uh, but yeah, it was it was Kate Blanchett. So, but I mean, the the thing with with all this, and you know, we're kind of kind of going off into like how the the characters and blah, blah blah. But the thing is, the the lore of it is what makes these people fascinating. It's what actually brings them life. It's it's mm-hmm. it's the it's the history of of that, and you're taking away their history and saying that that doesn't matter. Yeah, that their history yeah, doesn't matter. That's, that's what gets me about the whole thing. It's like. Why would we waste our time reading or writing 40 books about Drizzt if any drow could do what he could do, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like that That just pisses me right off that it's like he was supposed to be an exceptional character in D&D lore because he was the first drow to say, wait a minute, this is kind of fucked up. <laughs> I don't like the fact that this is expected of me, and he moved away from that. That's what makes him a cool character, but now it's like, oh no, no, pretty much anybody could have done that. You know the other it's part. Like, well, yeah. Why bother? <laughs> right. The the other part of all that is when you're when you're looking at or thinking about that, and I'm going to go pick a race that you know for my character. Well, if if there's no history to it, there's no reason why they that why they you know why they act in any particular fashion. Why why would I pick like a like a a, a hobgoblin or or this or that. Why would I pick some like little ugly, shrimpy, deformed-looking race? Why not just be like, okay, well, since since you know it doesn't really matter, I'll just always pick a human. Right. Right. Why, why would I? Why would I bother being anything else? You know, why not just always pick a human? Because there's no there's no bonus, there's no benefit to me being you know being one of these other things because we can all be this, and then there's no there's no background to them that makes them like exceptionally better or at one thing or another, you know, so, so why, why? I mean, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like people used to make fun of like power gamers because it's like, for God's sake, play something besides a human so that you get the bonus feed. But now it's like, well, you know, why would I, what does it matter? If, if there's no, like, history to orc culture, why would I ever bother to play an orc? I can play a gnome who's just as strong. Yeah. It's it's just ridiculous to me. It's, it's so frustrating as a fantasy fan. You know, again, just, like, even throwing out, like... Even, like, throwing out being a D&D player, just as somebody who loves fantasy lore, who's read fantasy books... And, like, you know, I I grew up on Lord of the Rings and Chronicles of Narnia and Artemis Fowl and Harry Potter. That, that was my bread and butter. And so to see, it's like, oh, yeah, but, like, the backstories aren't important. It's like, then, then why bother? Yeah. You, you have to have that established stereotype about the characters, so to speak, because they have to be exceptional from that stereotype. Like, and, Frodo's not an interesting character at all unless he's different from every other hobbit on the planet. Right. And the thing about when, especially when you're playing a, when you're playing a, a character like this, you know, like the, the characters have certain, you know, let's say, proclivities, right? They, mm-hmm. all, they all act like this, or they all do this, or they all do that. And you decide you're going to play the one that doesn't do that, that doesn't act like that. 
Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, part of, part of, of, of doing the playing D and D and doing the whole role playing deal, right. Is that, you know, you get to kind of step outside yourself, which I'll admit was hard for me. Not, not to step outside myself, but do it in a, in a, in that kind of a fashion where I want to play a character, but at the same time, I, you, I don't want to, I don't want to play a character that, that wouldn't do things the way I would, you know, even though that's kind right. of the, like the, that's kind of the idea is like, yeah, but why don't you play a character that like, I don't have, I don't mind playing a character that's stronger than me. That makes sense. Yeah. What plays for a character stronger than me? I don't want to always be this wussy ass wimp, you know, but I don't want to play a character that's dumber than me. <laughs> but I mean, that's kind of what the thing is. You know, you get to do that. Conversely, is that also you get to play a character that won't do things the way you that you do. So you can use that that character to these characters always behave in this fashion, or for the most part, they behave in this fashion because this is how they were raised. So mm-hmm. it kind of forces me to play someone or in a way that I normally wouldn't, because I normally wouldn't steal from this person. I wouldn't be right. trying to find a, you know, like the right time to stick a knife in their back, but my character would. Right, so, right. but if it was up to me on my own, I probably still wouldn't do that. Even if I said, I'm going to play a character of like X, uh, alignment, I probably right, still wouldn't right. do that. But if you, you know, but the lore and the history tells me that you have to. And yeah. Like, okay. like- it allows for that, and like to to bring it back for the to the drow. And I know I keep harping on the drow, but I'm I'm big on drow lately. Um, I I know when Wizards was still doing their dice camera action podcast, and that was like before all the shit blew up with Pro Jared because he was the rogue of that party. You know, one day they brought on a guy as a drow guest player, and so like they they had an entire traveling party with him. Of Drow, and one by one, he's picking them off and killing them. And all these other, all the main characters of the show are all playing good characters. They're either neutral good or lawful good or whatever. So they're all completely paralyzed as this guy's like, okay, I walk up behind this guy and I stab him in the back. And they're all like, oh, I can't believe you did that. And then he just like looks over at Chris Perkins and he's like, I'm having a spectacular time. like he he gets it it's like and and then they they even asked him they were like chris can he can he do this can he keep betraying all of his party members he's like this is what drow do (laughs) he he is completely within his rights to do this because this is drow society is stab as many people in the back and get away with it as you can that's how you get ahead And, and like the guy was just happy as a lark he was having a great time but like on the flip side like, yeah, you've you've got that thing of, like, I can kind of embrace my darker side, but it's also, like, I can kind of embrace my more heroic side, too. I, th- I think that's why certain people have more of a proclivity towards, like, playing paladins or playing clerics, where it's, like, you're, you're basically going to do the Superman thing, and it's, like, I'm going to do the right thing to do because doing the right thing to do is, is it. Like... I'm going to do it because it's the right thing to do for no other reason than that. So you've also got that ability, too, of, like, that's a nice thought when you're a kid and you're growing up, but then, you know, you you grow up and you hit the real world and you get a real career, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's not feasible all the time. (laughs) It's like, you know, sometimes you have to compromise, you know, 
Yeah. So you don't have to it's enjoy like I can't... it. You just have to accept it. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can't always be the hero in corporate America, unfortunately. It's like, I, I get that, but, you know, D&D lets you be that hero, which is kind of awesome. Like, D&D gives you that opportunity to say, no, I'm going to stand on my principles. I'm going to die on this hill. I'm I'm going to be the hero in this situation. So, like, it allows for both. It lets you, like, kind of get the get the gnarly shit out of your system, but it also lets you actually stand in the shoes that you've always dreamed of standing in. And it feels like all that's under under attack to me. And I could be completely wrong. Maybe I'm completely overreacting. But that's just what I've seen based off of, like, reading all the leaks that are coming out from the 6th edition stuff. I think and, the, like, I, I keep on top of that shit. <laughs> I think the biggest part of this all is that why? Why abandon that? Why get rid of it? Like, what? what is... What's it hurting... And what's it? What is having that that established lore stop me from doing? So you want to say that? Well, we don't think it's right to say that that these type of characters behave in this way. Okay, but but they, but they do. I mean, you, you're, mm-hmm. you're building a world. You know, that's what you're doing. You're building a world, not a living room. You're building a world. Yeah, yeah. And if and the world has to be populated with people and cultures that do things and a history that goes along with it. So mm-hmm. if you, if you won't do that or you're, you don't feel like you, like that's the right thing to do anymore, then I don't know. I just have to say, maybe, maybe you don't really know what you're, that you don't know what it is that you're, that you're doing. Like as far as like the, like making, making a world, making a game, like you really don't seem to understand what it is that you're, that you're doing here. Um, I just don't think they know their audience. I think that's what it's all about, is that they're trying so hard to bring in new players and make it accessible for new players. And it's like, but what what about us fat, sweaty neckbeards who have been around since the 70s, like, just eating this shit up, you know? <laughs> it's like, if I can't count on a beholder to be a beholder, then what the hell has all this been about? Right. <laughs> All right there, folks, that was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand. <laughs>